Hello, everyone, and welcome to Die, Desert Prod's TTRPG podcast. As always, I'm dead. Join me today, we got Cave. He's yelling at me again. And Ruben. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, coming in strong. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, so today, we're talking about Starfinder, a game we have not talked about on the site in any particular length, but it's a game that means a lot to us, because that's kind of how we met Ruben and the rest of the Tuesday group. Yeah. Who, who is our best group? Yep, just hands down. <laughs> like, genuinely, don't be surprised if you find out, if you hear in the future from us, oh yeah, and we're going to be doing a podcast with the Tuesday group. <laughs> like a proper full, like, we're recording an entire game podcast. Maybe not for a while. I want to keep the Tuesday group pure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, we met playing Starfinder. We're still in the middle of our, well, we're nearing the end of our Dead Suns game. We're in book five of uh, six. Yeah. And, you know, I actually want to ask this question since we're talking about Starfinder. Yes. Is anyone else bored to death by Starship Combat? Oh, God, yeah. yes. Like, I would I would like to hear the comments from anybody who's listening to this. Like, is Starship Combat boring or are we doing something wrong? I'd, I don't know. I've because... heard I've heard some discussion of, like, like people who like aren't super familiar with Starship Combat or aren't super familiar with Starfinder, but having run it a couple times for people who are into it and just being like, yeah, Starship Combat's just kind of like this. Because the first few levels, it was great. Now it's like, I've, I've, I've given this comparison before and I think it's a fair comparison. It's like high-level D&D combat. It's a pain in the ass and just a boring, boring slog. Yeah, because like, there are so few few options for players to do and so it's just all right we found the thing we like to do let's fucking recycle that and then let's get through the let's get first let's get through the recovering health bar and then get into the actual hull points and then also we're going to put in a bunch of new things that make it make it so that we reduce damage on everything we take and do all this other shit our ship is yeah, made no. out of adamantine <laughs> yeah and i'm not even talking exclusively about you guys <laughs> yeah because like the enemy uh, starships too yeah, aren't exactly yeah. the like playing the like like the tiny ones that only have a pilot and gunner in them that's the fucking breeziest shit to play yeah they just run and shoot that's it yeah but then you got they're like all right so this thing has the captain with these three things then it has the science officer then it has the engineer then it has two gunners i'm like what the fuck do i do with this yeah then it has a mess officer <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and the guy on the podcast said, yeah, my guys prefer to actually be doing the fighting instead of I fight my proxy. So I just turned all like all ship actions into boarding actions. And that was it. Like every every ship encounter turned into a boarding action and they loved it. <laughs> they, they never asked, when are we going to get into a ship combat again? They were like, oh, it's a boarding action. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It, like, I'm trying to run it as close to book as possible because this is my first time running Starfinder, but if we ever come back to Starfinder with me running, we probably be change making changes. Yeah. I'm plan I'm currently setting up a Pathfinder campaign. I'm learning um Starfinder campaign, you mean? Yeah, Starfinder campaign. I'm currently going through the against the Aeon Throne module, and I'm already like, yep, just gonna edit out these ship combats. Yep, I'm just removing these. Which oh, it's... you guys get boarded. Oh, you guys see an enemy vessel that you can board. That's it. Which, at, it fucking sucks, man. Like, 
Starship Combat is part of the fantasy of the space game. Yeah. yeah. It's why you but, play a space game. It's like in order, starships, lasers. Yeah. And so just like having the Starship Combat be such a slog. This really sucks the wind out of you. I mean, it is one of those things where it's like, and no system is perfect. Yeah, no system is perfect. Yeah, yeah Like, never... every system's going to have things that you're not going to like about it. Yeah, so with the announcement that we're getting Starfinder 2nd Edition, just immediate psych, and just like, okay, when the fuck? Because, like, based, based on what they've been saying about this, it seems like we might not be getting, like, any kind of playtest for Starship Combat until we get to the actual, like, play, full actual playtest. Which is going to be next year. Um, they've said that they will be releasing the Starfinder playtest uh, rulebook in summer 2024. And until then, they'll be doing what we'll be talking about today, which are the field tests. Essentially just, hey, here is a small snippet of what we're working on to show y'all where our like design head is at and what our design intentions are going into the proper full playtest. Did you guys miss Dead yelling at me about 5th edition, uh, uh, well, D and, 1D&D playtests? Well, it's back, baby, only it's for a better system. Yeah. And we got Ruben here, because in our Starfinder game, Ruben plays a soldier. More like a psychopath. Yeah, true, but <laughs> mechanically, you're a soldier. Mechanically, he's a soldier. Yeah, and this first uh, field playtest is about the soldier. Take a look Hell at episode, yeah. take a look at levels uh, one through five of the soldier, including some uh, class feats, which yeah I'm excited about. Uh, there will also be uh, some stuff about some new equipment rules and like damage and like some new equipment uh, rules and traits and stuff, as well as two Starfinder uh, specific creatures. Mm. I hope it's not the tentacly ones that impregnate you. Neither of these get you pregnant. Good. <laughs> The, yeah, we, now we, I know we, everybody who's listening is like, "What the hell is Caveman talking about?" Fucking the party has gotten impregnated on two separate occasions by alien monsters, and the yeah. majority of us are male. Yep, Dead Dead Sons <laughs> is a very is a very pregnancy forward game. Yeah, I was like, "Holy shit!" It just kept coming up. How many of these monsters are going to try and put their babies in us? Jesus Christ! <laughs> so far, only two. Though technically, the the the, the uh, fungus monster would have left spores on us, but those we wouldn't be impregnated with them. So, yeah, you would your dead body would turn into a vessel to make more of them. Yeah, it's not carrying the babies as we go on. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ! Te <laughs> Technically, you are carrying with the mold, but you kind of yeah. you're, you're not going to be impregnated with the mold. Yeah, you're, you're not going to be like going along in your daily life, and all of a sudden, a bunch, all of a sudden, like twenty five like tentacle monsters going to burst out of your fucking chest. Yeah, like that one NPC. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about them. That's that's six dead bodies that Burrow has to carry in his heart. No, you counted six. that one. Did I? Yeah. Okay, then it's only five. Yeah, that was that was the one that you begin telling me that you were starting to do that. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I guess going into this, Ruben, how would you yep. describe the current soldier? 
as in like the current built or like current soldier in Pathfinder One E or the current soldier I'm playing. The the, the, the current the, sol- the current soldier as it exists in Starfinder. Not not oh, your mean, not your mauler. Yeah. yeah. Not Silas, the world's hungriest android. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, honestly, I'd say it's pretty. Um, what's I'm looking for? Um, oh shit, I forget the word for it. Uh, but it, it's like customizable. Like you, you can make damn near anything. Very modular. Adaptable? Yeah, modular. That's what I was looking okay. for. Modular. Like you, you can build like a a mech pi- or not a mech pi- a, a power armor fucking soldier or go for like a like a, a, a like a dragon ball z style monk with the fucking uh hold on let me open the, i can't remember what it was it was like that, key or something like that but that's actually something i really like about the uh starfinder soldier because it is ostensibly the fighter class of starfinder yeah. but it's not like fighters are most of the time which is well that's boring <laughs> most fighters oh. and this is even true to a certain extent with pathfinders fighter is they hit things and that's pretty much all they can do because the starfinder soldier does have a lot of versatility and variety in what it does which is really cool yeah they have like a dozen or so fighting styles all of them feeling pretty wildly different yeah. Silas is an arcane assailant, right? Yeah, an arcane assailant. So he's able to apply a uh, magic rune to any weapon he has, which also technically includes his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the nightmare fuel that is Silas's diet. <laughs> Pro tip for new Starfinder GMs. If your player asks for a ring of fangs, maybe think about it for more than a second. Because <laughs> it will turn into... A nightmare. Yeah, it basically turns into a, a game of Pokemon where the only move is crunch and bite. <laughs> yeah, he has eaten so many people. <laughs> and he's an android, so he doesn't even taste him. He just does it for fun. <laughs> Though it has also led to me, like, laser burning things to try and cook them before Silas eats them. <laughs> yeah, just like does it taste better now? No, which one has a little more? So flavor. I won't cook that. <laughs> he's like, no, nah, the he's like, no, nah, the moistness gives it the, the juices, <laughs> the rawness. <laughs> I like it wriggling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the current soldier. The new soldier. Kind of not that. Oh, really? Um, yes. The, yeah. Um, with Within the design notes, uh, which they uh, give out in little boxes from Captain Concierge, their Skittermander, which for those who know Skittermanders, Skittermanders uh, are like three feet tall, three foot tall dudes with six arms covered in hair. Yeah, the little fucking little troll dolls. Yeah, like a troll doll, a tribble, but just a lot of arms. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of where they give out their design note things. And with this, with this version of the soldier, they said they wanted to make it that it makes something that it wasn't just, quote, the fighter in space. And so the soldier regular soldier wasn't the fighter in space. Yeah, but they wanted like significantly get away from that. So the new soldier 
is now just a living tank. Oh. With a particular focus on area of effect martial weapons. Oh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> that is cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, so um, since this is based... Coming in with the gravity hammer. <laughs> kind of. Uh, so, so since this is coming in on uh, like being built on the bones of Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the remaster, we're just kind of going to go through this assuming that you have a working knowledge of Pathfinder 2nd Edition. So, with a soldier, their key attribute is their constitution. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, seeing as how they're going to be a tank. Yeah. If, uh, if their job is to get in there, then yeah. Yeah. Um, trained in uh, simple martial weapons, unarmed attacks, trained in all armors and unarmored defense, uh, have expert fortitude and then trained in reflex and will, begin trained in perception, and starting skills, three plus int mod, and intimidation. Hmm. Just ultimate, just, just, I'm going to fuck you up. Well, I know what uh, Alex will play whenever we uh, get them to play Starfinder. <laughs> yeah. Um, they get ancestry and background stuff because that's going to be a thing now in this system. It's going to be ancestry and background um, as opposed to species and theme. Which, I get why they're doing it. Want to like codify the language across their things. I like the I, I like species and theme for Starfinder. Yeah, I like species and theme. Period over ancestry and background. I get it why feels they're doing more it. unique. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, attribute boosts; those work the same. Uh, for those who haven't seen like the uh, thing for attribute boosts, uh, with the remaster, they're changing it so you don't have scores and a modifier. It's just you just have the attribute modifier, and so Which I like. Yeah, it just simplifies things, removes the... I, I, I've seen some people complaining about it, especially with the, well, once you get a plus four, this just gets tedious. But I like it. Yeah. And speaking of, when you get a plus four, it's now just, you put a partial boost on there, which is like a little checkbox, and then once you get another boost, you can apply that, and race checkbox, bump the number up. It's fucking simple. But yeah, they get that uh, same, kind of, uh, same kind of progression on those, get four at first level, and then at fifth level and every five levels after that. And now the first new thing, suppressing fire, as well as the new condition, suppressed. So with so with these, if you would make an attack with a weapon that has the area trait, such as uh, from an area fire, such as from the area fire uh, action or the auto fire action, which we'll get to when we talk about equipment. Creatures in that area who fail their saving throw because with those attack actions, they're saving throw based, not attack based. Oh, so multi attack. I like that. Yeah. I like that for for two reasons: one, multi attack penalties, and two, marshals quite often have like are struggling to find some way to be able to target saving throws. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, and having it be AOE too. Oh, yeah, so creatures uh, who fail their saving throws against the attack become suppressed, meaning they take a minus one circumstance penalty to all attack rolls and a minus five foot status penalty to all of its speeds. And that is where the new soldier kind of lives. They're all about, I'm going to suppress everyone. They're battlefield controllers. Yeah, kind of. And they also have the uh, ability of primary target. Which is when you make an attack with an area of effect weapon, you can 
on top of the co- on top of the like area of effect thing, also just shoot one guy normally. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you make a you make a roll against a single creature either adjacent to the center point of the attack or the closest uh, within a cone or line instead of requiring that creature to make a save. You choose this one. Um, everyone else has a normal effect. If you hit the guy that you're shooting at, they are also suppressed. So just big, dumb, AOE thing. And then also just shoot one dude in the face normally. Yeah. So you're just spraying down lane and then fucking bang. Yeah. <laughs> just one shot down. <laughs> I, I think okay, it's I'm... more like spray. Hey, I actually hit someone. Yeah, the, the way I'm thinking of it is like, it's like you get close to guys like, all right, fuck you. Everyone else is collateral. Everyone around, fuck you and everyone around you. Yeah, that that makes me think of when I was a kid and how my mom taught me to fight whenever I got uh, like crowded out by a group. It was like, <laughs> pick one guy and fuck them up in particular. Yeah. Alrighty. So we went from there into the soldier fighting style. These are subclasses. Uh, there are three of them in this kind of beginner document thing. Um, Armor storm. You never count as being in the area of a ranged attack you've made. Oh. And you gain resistance equal to half your level against attacks made from suppressed targets. Oh. Just, I am the best. Nothing can fucking hit me. Fuck all of you. Uh, Next up, Bombard. When you make an attack with an area weapon, any allies who are caught in that area of effect have the DC decreased by two, and if they succeed, uh, they're, uh, if they succeed, um, yeah, so let's see, in addition, uh, any enemies who succeed, but not critically succeed their save, uh, are still suppressed. Oh, so right. easier for your, so easier for your allies to avoid being blown up by you. And you still suppress people, even if they succeed on the damage. Now I'm imagining a, a grenadier build with this. <laughs> Look out! Rains grenades down on the enemies. Your allies are like, how am I even supposed to dodge this? Don't worry, I angled the grenade away from you. <laughs> I landed it behind the rock so it won't kill you in particular. Everyone knows explosions can't go around rocks. Exactly. <laughs> explosions can't turn. What are you, mad? Yeah. And then, close quarters. This is all about two-handed melee weapons. When you successfully hit someone with a two-handed melee weapon, they are suppressed. Ooh. In addition, you gain the punitive strike reaction, which I believe is the new name for attack of opportunity. So yeah, just going full fucking melee build on an area of effect guy. We'll see how that goes, because because like the like like area and um auto fire things are new traits so we could have area melee weapons yeah like i like i will say that i i really hope they like do give soldiers other options because one of the coolest things about soldiers was the kind of infinite versatility uh uh-huh, like yeah, yeah but like it, yeah it's i'm thinking that if there are new options they're not going to be as wide a breadth because they are very much focusing on this big guy use big guns suppress people unless use every gun in existence yeah. more DACA <laughs> exactly 
All right. Uh, other so other ability you get at a first level is walking armory. Uh, when determining the strength threshold for using um, medium and heavy armor, you instead use your constitution. Oh. If you've already met the strength requirement for uh, armor you're wearing, reduce the bulk by one to a minimum of nice. one. In addition, you can increase the bulk you can carry before becoming encumbered by half your con modifier, rounded up. Hmm. And you can increase your maximum bulk by your con modifier. Uh, they say rounded up, but I think it's just a typo. And then you get a soldier feat at first level because they're a martial class. Uh, second level, skill feats because it's class. Third level, you get fearsome bulwark. You can use your con modifier for intimidation checks instead of charisma. <laughs> me so big, me scare you. Fuck off. Yeah. Chunky lad. You just shoot a guy seven times and he's still standing. Like that's not intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> My bed has been shit. Yep. Uh, then from there, it's basically the same progression. Skill increase to third level, general feat at third level, ancestor feat at fifth level, and uh, weapon mastery at fifth level. Uh, with yeah, soldiers getting up, getting expert, simple martial weapons, and access to the critical specialization effects for weapons with the area or automatic traits. Okay. So less weapon class focus and more weapon. Well, let's, 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 less weapon group focus and more weapon trait focus. And now the feats. Uh, first level, you get the option of pin down. It's an action. Your last action had to have been attack with an area weapon. You select one creature that was in the area of effect of your prior attack. That creature has to make a save against the attack again. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> this deals no damage, but can con inflict suppressed on a target who previously saved against it. That is nasty, <laughs> and I don't like it. Yes, I said sugar. stay down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other thing, quick swap. Uh, you are wielding a two-handed weapon and a creature moves adjacent to you. It's a reaction. You immediately stow that weapon and draw a different two-handed weapon. Oh. If you have multiple sets of arms, like if you were a Kasatha or a Skittermander, uh, you can instead choose a set to become active because if you have multiple arms, you have to choose one set to be active at any given time. Oh. Which is normally an interact action. But now it's a reaction. Just know you got close. Someone's stupid. I'm now imagining like they've got an artillery laser in one set of hands and a gravity hammer in the other. And the guy gets close. It's like, ha, you're using your gra your artillery laser. And then they just like swing the gravity hammer. At. Yeah. You, yeah you, the you, just breaks their ankles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, just like your like your unactive arms are like holding the hammer behind you. So it looks like it's sheathed. It's like hey, I'm up on you now, motherfucker. And then all of a sudden the arm just come around with the hammer. I've made a terrible mistake and I'm going to die. Oh, I would like to apologize. <laughs> I want to build a character centered around this. <laughs> well, I mean, if this core rule book keeps the same like a uh, spread of species and classes, you can build a Kasatha fucking sol soldier. I want to build a Skittermaner Skitter soldier. Skittermaners. All right. Yeah, I do not know. I mean, they look like Stitch. They're adorable. They, oh, yeah, they are yeah, adorable. They, they are very much Stitch. The I think like the baby versions of them actually have like proboscises like sticking out of their stomach. Oh, 
That's you know, cute like, well, no, they're like at the same time. Yeah, it's like these little like fucking toothy maws that just try and bite people or some shit. Oh god. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm kind of most curious about going forward. Like currently, Starfinder has over 120 species. Like playable oh, as character species. How many of those are going to carry over in the second edition? I hope all of them, but not all Same. at once. That, <laughs> I hope like, all of them and all that, at once. <laughs> my biggest problem with bloat is when they don't bring over something someone already loves. Yeah. Because then you've got that one guy like, when are you going to bring this back? Forever. And they never shut up. So. Yeah, I'm like people complain about the Pathfinder core rulebook being 600 pages. <laughs> If they put everything in there, including all of the ancestry feats that would need to come along with it. I personally fucking love that it's 600 pages. You gotta walk in, you gotta walk in there, it's like, alright guys, we're playing Starfinder 2nd Edition today, just drops the entirety of Encyclopedia Britannica on there. It's like, what the fuck is that? Oh, these are the player races. This is just the player races. I hope everyone has brought their tones. Yeah. Let me go down to the car to get the other half of the alphabet. <laughs> It is nutty. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, next feet. Risk. Ready. Reload. I almost said risky. Reload. Ready. Reload. It's an action. Um, you have to be wielding a two-handed weapon, uh, two-handed range weapon with a reload of two or more. And your last action this turn was an attack that consumed ammo from that weapon. It's a bit wordy, but they kind of need to. Be, they kind of need to have legalese for some of these fucking abilities. Uh, so with this, you spend one action, reload twice. <laughs> Just, right. just very simple, not that flashy like the other ones, but very useful. Yeah. <laughs> just the amount of times having to spend I mean, reloading guns. Actually, like, that's actually a thing. I think I'm the only one in our Starfinder game who has actually reloaded a weapon. Yeah, kind of. And I've only done it once. Yeah, that's because like with, with like Luna when she was playing an operative. She didn't need to fire that many shots because she did fucking ludicrous damage. Well, yeah, but even Silas, Silas, uh, doesn't have to fire off like like he like Silas uses guns. Like even when he was using the artillery laser, he wasn't reloading very often. Like yes, I'm the only I... one who ever ha has ever had to reload, and it's because I burn through ammo like a madman. Yeah, you do. Overloading yeah, your gun uses a bunch of yeah, ammo. Yeah, the overload. Yeah, three times as much. Oh, three times. Fuck. Yep. Christ. I thought it's it was why double. the hailstorm is nice because it has forty rounds instead of twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, and then final first level feat: warning shot. This is a free action that triggers when you roll initiative. Oh, that is right. awesome. As combat as combat begins, you make an area fire or automatic fire with your gun. They don't take damage, but uh, people who avoid their saves, people who fail their saves, are still suppressed. So just, you just, as soon as you combat just begins. start out saying, no, you don't get to do anything. Yeah. Combat begins. You just go, hit the deck. You know, I just imagine fucking, it's like that scene in fucking Predator where they fucking just mow down the jungle. Yes. <laughs> they just hear a sound and just immediately start gunning down the forest. Absolutely. <laughs> who needs the Amazon? <laughs> Second level feats. Menacing laughter, aka Alex's favorite. 
your laughter, parentheses, or suitable war cry, can somehow be heard over the din of your weapon fire. Attempt, <laughs> attempt intimidation checks to demoralize each enemy within 30 feet who you suppressed this turn. Nice. Fuck. And that is a single action. Oh, uh, I love this. Like, like, yeah, it loses some of the versatility, but just like having it be so hyper focused on we do this. Yeah. Like it's it's the kind of it's the kind of thing where like in design space. It's it's the trade you got to get like, do we want to get do we want them to be good at everything, but specialize in like kind of nothing or do we want them to be hyper specialized, but lose that flexibility? Yeah. And honestly, I'm fine with this. Like I was kind of initially in that field of like, hey, I feel like you I feel like y'all would be like, eh, it's not gonna be great, just like losing so many options. But getting the yeah, new option as, and having that be As I'm hearing about it, I'm liking it more and more. Mm. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, on paper, just as the idea just, hey, they're focusing on one thing and losing a lot of their stuff. That kind of sucks, but once you actually get into it. And it doesn't sound like like you're not get you're not getting all of these cool options like guardian or arcane assailant or anything, but you're still getting options. You still have choices. Yeah. So it's still Pathfinder Second Edition. Anyway, uh, from there, relentless endurance. It's a reaction once per hour. When you take damage, you gain a D eight plus four temporary hit points. Shit. And that increases by 1d8 plus 4 every 4 levels beyond second. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah, just real fucking... Just, oh, I'm getting my ass beat? <laughs> no, I'm not. And I then... Think, I think Gathian would love that. Oh, yeah. Gathian would fucking die for that. <laughs> well, live, actually. but Oh, yeah, just... Yeah, it also needs to be the other thing. They seem to be... They seem to be doing away with the stamina. Oh, all right. eh, I like stamina. But yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of stamina. But... Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, with Starfinder, you effectively have two health bars. You have a stamina bar and you have your health points. Um, your stamina can be your stamina is dealt damage first, and it can be recharged fairly quickly in like a ten minute break. Hilt- See, I'm I'm wondering if they're doing that be- because of the compatibility with Pathfinder Second Edition. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Your health bar is actually pretty fast at recharging. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and I'm also wondering if because of stamina, they'll be introducing more and more abilities that in- introduce temporary hit points. Hmm. Because that because temporary hit points are kind of a stamina. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, and then uh, final second level feat. Uh, steady up, single action. You are wielding a weapon uh, with the uh, area or automatic trait, and so you brace yourself to better fire until the start of your next turn. Your next area fire or automatic fire takes one action instead of two. Oh fuck yeah! And if you would be moved ten feet or less by forced movement, you don't move at all. <laughs> if you if you move after taking steady up, that all goes away. That would piss Fuck. off so many bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, they'd just be like, and time to give you a shove, bud. What the fuck? <laughs> I am the pain wall now. Use your action to immediately swap out to your melee weapon. <laughs> Alrighty. Then, uh, finally, the fourth level feats. Overwhelming assault. 
your multi-attack penalty against suppressed targets is reduced. Nice. Minus four for the second attack and minus nine on the uh, third attack. But if you're using an agile weapon, then it's minus three and minus eight. Still good. Hmm. Still a bit. I don't know. It feels it feels like with uh, this, it's a lot of like you're doing a lot of setup. Yeah. So far, there's a lot of setup in this build. It's a lot of setup and also a lot of area of effect things that don't really require attack rolls. Mm-hmm. So that one I'm not super keen on, but I guess we'll see like as it progresses how how many weapons uh, that are there that can actually the soldier can actually use effectively and how many of them require attack rolls. Are there any weapons in this playtest? Uh, yes, there are a few. Okay, because I'll talk about my problem with weapons in uh, Starfinder when we get there then. Yeah, so uh, next up, Punishing Salvo. Uh, so requires that your last action this turn was a primary target strike. And it takes a single action. You attack your primary target a second time. Oh, shit. <laughs> nice. This does not make a new area of attack and instead is treated as a single strike using uh, the primary targeting rules. Uh, does not say if it uh, incurs multi-attack penalty, but since it doesn't say it doesn't, I'm assuming it does. And then finally, widen area. Oh, no. Add five feet to the radius of a burst that normally has a burst of at least 10 feet and add five feet to the length of a cone or line that is normally 15 feet or longer. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Did you say get the flamethrowers? Oh, sorry. I misread that. Add five feet to the length of a cone or line that is normally 15 feet long or smaller. And if it's beyond 15 feet, add 10 feet. Oh. <laughs> Did you say get the flamethrowers? <laughs> sorry, I called, I called it a carpet bombing. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> Alrighty. So moving on to some of the equipment. So, uh, damage types. Well, before before oh, yeah. we get into oh, sorry. Equipment, yeah, actually, I want to state my problem with Starfinder equipment right now. Alrighty. Right now, as you level, you are expected to buy completely new equipment because otherwise you fall off in damage. I bet are you supposed to find new equipment regularly? My biggest problem with that right now is that we are playing a module that has a ticking clock. And it really feels like we can't just stop off to buy things. And recently we were on a planet where we couldn't stop off to buy things. And UPVs are great, but if you're not, if you're being given UPVs, if you're being given money instead of UPVs, then you're kind of just sitting there like, eh. Well, so I, I believe with the, like with their intent with that is if you're just given money, UPVs are sold everywhere. Yeah, but if you can't, like, we have a ticking clock right now. We can't go and buy UPBs. You kind like, like, like I, I, this may have been me fucking up with like the GMing, but buying a UPB, it, buying UPBs is not going to take an entire day. Like, anytime I've said like, yeah, you have like, you have like a day to shop. That that's like, all right, we are going around to like nineteen different stores and buying a thousand things, which t- which will take longer than going to one store and getting a box of UPBs. Fair, fair. And then also with Starfinder uh, crafting rules, you know, at the time, but you also have like a week of travel on a starship where you have a tech lab. Well, that is actually the other thing is the travel time to get to the place to buy the UPVs. 
That's fair. Right. Yeah, going from because going from Nejior six to straight into the fucking uh, Gate of the Twelve. Fuck yeah. Neji or Six. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that place so much. You're dealing with pre-gap stuff. You gotta fucking go to old planets. I, I still hate fucking Neji or Six. It's such a pain in my ass. Did you hate did you hate Neji or Six more or the Castrovellian jungle more? Castrovellian jungle. Because at least Neji or Six had a place where I could sleep without melting. <laughs> It's so weird that they put you in the jungle where you like melt, and then after that, give you a tent that would have helped you survive on the planet where you melt. I know, right? Like, wouldn't this have been a good thing to have earlier, huh? Yeah, Dead Suns is <laughs> Dead Suns was their first Starfinder module, I guess. I, I give allowances because of that. Yeah, they had but... been writing modules forever, and Paizo was literally built as a company on writing modules. But you know, they hadn't finished the rules yet. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe they didn't invent the tent until that volume came out. I actually, this is what I think happened. Hey man, after reading that module, I was thinking maybe we should make an item that would make things a little bit better for for them on a planet like that. And then one of the one of the other creators was like, hey, I can throw the tent and his loot. And they didn't think about the fact that everybody would be like, why didn't you give us the soda? Like, oh yeah, let's just throw it in a random encounter. And <laughs> in the final encounter, the fucking melting forest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, all right, everybody need. All right, everybody should have like at least like level five armor at this point. So they should be good for a few days. But then after that, they're gonna start making the saves. So, I had level one armor. Yeah. <laughs> because I because I was like I could buy armor or I could buy weapons. And statistically in TTRPGs, doing more damage is better. And then we get there, and Kay's the only one making saves for like a week. I didn't fail a save for the longest time. Too. Yep, it's cave. <laughs> oh, my luck is legendary. Alrighty, so damage types on these weapons. Yeah, bludgeoning, slashing, piercing, as normal. But then mm-hmm. there Plastics. are yeah, but then there are lasers and stuff. So we also have for weapon damage: acid, cold, electricity, fire, mental, poison, sonic. Mental. This gun shoots your mind. <laughs> But like it in a more, makes dir- you think you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I fired this gun at him and made an image of a thing he was afraid of. And now he's going him. to die of fear. I actually want to build a character who can take advantage of scared to death. <laughs> of course you do. Like that. That sounds so fun. Huh. So uh, also because these are like. Because because these weapons having be being like you know cartridge based or like clip based, they have capacity. They do make note that capacity for these weapons is different than capacity in like the guns and gear thing in Pathfinder, which makes me feel like they need to come up with a better word for it. Yeah, yeah. But again, this is this is pre playtest. This is fucking alpha shit. So there is plenty of time for this to change. Uh, weapon upgrades. This is Starfinder, so it is access to technological upgrades as well as hybrid weapon fusions, which are the magic things that can be either installed in your gun or just like a sticker you plant on the side of your gun that makes it shoot gooder. Yeah, it, they're basically the runes of uh, Starfinder. Yeah, uh, which actually, as we get into relevant weapon traits, let's talk about analog. So analog is a trait that means the weapon is uh, immune to abilities of target technology and weapon runes such as those found in Pathfinder, 
do not function on a weapon unless it also has the archaic trait. So if a weapon is archaic, it gets weapon runes. If it's not, it gets fusions. Yes. Also, okay. yeah, also I like that because that's automatically providing for the compatibility that they were looking for. Yes. Also, mm. with archaic, if you are we- if you are wearing non-archaic armor, which is to say Starfinder armor, and take damage from an archaic weapon, you have resistance 10 against the damage. Oh, that came up a lot on Neji. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Like it was uh, like Nechir was honestly probably the worst one because nothing could hurt us until the final boss. Yeah. And then Silas lost a leg. And then Silas lost a leg. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even to the final boss. That was just to a lady. Yeah, it was just yeah. to some random lady and her weird attack dogs. That Silas ate. Yeah. Yeah, I will also say, I guess with the, I guess like they changed some of the math on this because formerly archaic. Just reduce the damage by five. And now you're getting resistance 10. Fuck. Just making archaic even worse. (laughs) I should also say, all weapons from Pathfinder 2nd Edition have the archaic trait. (laughs) (laughs) When when you're being used against a Starfinder situation. Yeah. I guess they technically have the archaic trait in Pathfinder, but since everything's archaic, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really fucking matter because yeah, the whole world's archaic. Yep. Alrighty, next up, area. Uh, it, weapons with this trait can use the area fire action. Um, area also comes in either a burst, a cone, or a line. And so with, and so with area fire, which I, sorry, can only fire using area fire. So if you have a gun with the area trait, you cannot just shoot it normally. So okay. with area fire, it's. Two actions. It does have the attack trait, so it technically counts toward multi-attack penalty. Um, which won't super matter because it's saving throws. Excuse me. So, you target each creature in the designated area with a range equal to the weapon's range increment, their first range increment, or the designated radius uh, for bursts. For bursts, you position, you position the uh, center point anywhere within your first range increment. Any creatures in the area have to make a basic reflex save against your class DC plus the tracking value of your weapon. Which tracking is a new thing that gives you an item bonus. Hmm. Uh, this da- this uh, this damage uh, is area damage. Creatures that uh, critically fail the save are, sub- are subject to the effects that occur on critical hit with the weapon, including the weapon's critical hmm. specialization effect. So... I'm not seeing anything in here that's like that lists like a you know like critical burn or like critical wound or something. So they might have removed that as a thing and just gone with like the critical uh, specialization effects. That's a shame. I like or, critical burn. Yeah, or that might be a fusion thing. Oh yeah, because there are also runes in Pathfinder that do that same kind of thing. Where like, all right, the weapon has this criticalization thing, but yeah, then also because they like because they're like off. Wounding. Yeah. Wounding in Pathfinder only gives you persistent bleed damage, but it's still cool. In Starfinder, it removes limbs. Or jugulars. Or jugulars. <laughs> or eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Luna almost had her Luna almost had Dr. Brooks' eyes get ripped out. 
last session Silas wounded someone's throat to death or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah he you... tore out a fucking old man's throat. Yeah, applied the bleed damage, but they were already dead. They're already dead. Anyway, next up. Automatic. Automatic weapons can be used to strike normally, but then they also have the automatic fire thing. Which is uh, two actions. You hit each creature in a cone with a range equal to half the weapon's range increment. Any creatures in the area must exceed a DC, uh, must exceed a reflex saving throw with uh, against your class DC plus the tracking value of the weapon. Uh, this air, this is this damage is area damage, and same kind of thing. Automatic fire has a usage uh, equal to half the weapon's capacity. So whatever the maximum capacity is for the weapon, whatever you automatic fire, uses half. Uh, area doesn't say how much ammo it uses. So either they forgot, it's the same as automatic, or it just doesn't. Yeah, area, it just, just it doesn't, doesn't use ammo at all. Yeah, what, that's what, what, no whatsoever. Yeah, it, it operates off of just the, 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 the will to fire. It, it, it oper, oper, operates off of the hopes and dreams you're destroying. <laughs> <laughs> It's the aerial, it's the aerial fire. It's what we refer to as hope. <laughs> the hope that the things in front of you will soon be paced. That's just why it's called a spray and pray. <laughs> <laughs> Praise be to Triune. Waste these fuckers. I say. I don't know why we all went Foghorn Leghorn with that. <laughs> Felt appropriate. Yeah. Uh, next up, Concussive. It's Concussive. Uh, it lets you do piercing or bludgeoning, depending on the target's resistance and immunities. Just a simple old, simple old ditty. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I really do love Concussive as a trait. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's great. Just, my bullets hit you so hard, you are being punched and stabbed. Deal with it. Yeah. Next up, tech. The weapon has electronics. It has, it has, um, it has electronics, computer systems, power sources. Um, melee weapons can have tech if they're, you know, like energy swords or some shit, but yeah. they don't have capacity. Uh, while others drain batteries and attack. And weapon runes found in Pathfinder do not function on tech weapons whatsoever. Yeah, uh, tracking mentioned it is uh, plus one item bonus. Like typically, from what I've seen, um, at least in this play test thing, field test thing, uh, there probably will be like as you get higher level weapons, you'll get higher level uh, tracking. Uh, and then unwieldy. Uh, this is, I believe, also a trait in Pathfinder. Yes, where. You cannot use an unwieldy weapon more than once per round and can't use it as a strike as part of a reaction such as punitive strike. Just gun too big, can't move fast. And then we also have uh, critical specialization effects for two basic ranged weapon types, which are laser and projectile. With laser, target to see a fortitude save against your class DC or be dazzled. And projectile uh, must succeed a fortitude save against your class DC or be slowed one. Which I believe slowed is you lose one action. Yes. 
Yeah. Slowed is like for every rank of slowed you have, you lose an action. Yeah. Um, also, they have uh, some things to hear about credits and currency because Pathfinder uses gold, Starfinder uses credits. One gold piece in Pathfinder is equal to 10 credits in Starfinder. Oh, wow. Yep. Simple conversion that might come up. All right. Uh, we're going to be converting my Cursed Destiny into a Starfinder campaign. <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle of it, feudal Japan. All of a sudden, the starship just lands. Like, guys, we need to go to space, Japan. It's not feudal Japan. It's Nemoidia. I actually named my fantasy Japan. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we have two weapons uh, per category. We have a simple laser, a simple projectile, and then a martial laser and a martial projectile. So. Uh, the martial laser is a laser pistol, which comes in four varieties, commercial, tactical, and advanced. Hey, buddy's a looter shooter, I guess. Uh, yeah, so it is, uh, so yeah, it looks like, um, I'll have a range of 40, uh, capacity doubles from commercial to tactical, and then from tactical to advanced, it doubles the number of upgrades it can hold. Oh. And it also okay. doubles the damage, going from 1d6 to 2d6. Okay. Uh, the scatter gun. Commercial and tactical do d6. Scatter does two, uh, advanced does 2d6. And then ammo goes from 4 to 6 to 8. With, with the advanced scatter gun, using two ammo per shot, but also having two upgrades. And those are both area guns. So that's the kind of shit the soldier would, would, would be wielding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just everyone get down. I love it so much. Oh, please. There, there would be no get down. Yeah. Just pumping buckshot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the last two, uh, the martial things are also just soldier weapons with the roto laser, which the roto laser is just a mini gun that shoots lasers. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it when they give Gatling guns in these kinds of games. Yep. Uh, yeah, it has tracking at the higher levels. Uh, it is an automatic gun. Uh, it does D8 fire damage and then 2D8 for the advanced one. And yeah, the advanced one also has a... The advanced one has a 20 charges but uses two charges per shot and has two upgrade slots. And then the Stellar Cannon. Which does a D10. Strongest uh, weapon we've seen so far. Um has eight projectiles, then 12, then 16. The 8 and 12 version, the tactical and commercial, both have two, both use two per shot. The advanced version uses four per shot. Nice. And then all those have a burst of 10 feet. So you just, that's just literally a mortar. Yeah, you're just fucking artillery. Which I, I love it. So dumb. Like, I, I kinda, I'm kind of with you, Cave, on like the just looter shooter, always have to buy a new gun every few levels thing. But same time, you get so many fucking guns. Yeah, but this actually and, so far doesn't sound like it's looter shooter. It sounds like it's just you have different tiers of, of starter weapon. Like, well, so, you might have the player who's like, I'm going to go buy this super expensive gun and nothing else. Yeah, so that's the thing. So all these do have uh, item levels. Okay. Uh, the commercial version is level zero. Ta tacticals level two. Advanced is level four. 
And I don't yeah. know. And some like some people when they're making like first level characters, they will like impose a limit on item levels. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same kind of thing in Starfinder as it is now, where there are still item levels, but and like the places you go to have up to a certain level of item. And like am- and like ammo and stuff does sc- like ammo and damage and stuff does scale. And it might not be that bad now, just because we're looking at levels like one through five. Mm-hmm. So, for all we know, it could be like, all right, yeah, I gotta get a 19th level version of your fucking Stellar Cannon. It has tracking three, and the burst is now 25 feet. I have a literal list for cur- our current Starfinder game of various upgrades that I need to get for my guns. <laughs> so, it's whatever. Right. Yeah. And so, um, there's also ammo prices. Uh, projectile ammo is, you get it for 10 credits, it comes with 10 bullets. I still want that gnome scout gun. And then the batteries come in commercial, tactical, and advanced. Which I'm assuming is just I'm assuming it's three tiers of each gun and then that's just like like it could be looter shooter or it could be more along the lines of we're taking some of the classic runes from Starfinder from Pathfinder and making them Starfinder hybrid fusions. I really hope that's what they're doing because yeah. that would be great. Yeah, a striking uh, stellar cannon. Oh my god, dude! Uh, a uh, um, a uh, god, uh, a greater striking, <laughs> uh, a greater striking advanced pistol deals six d six damage. <laughs> that shit would be great. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> it would be fucking ridiculous. Well, I think I think oh, it would actually be uh, with with a greater. I think it would be four d six because it's just like it adds one die. I thought it. Inc- I thought it. Uh, then that's fine. Yeah, like that's actually better because I, I thought it increased. Like I thought it increased the like. Yeah, you're right. It increases the damage die, not the like. Yeah. it doesn't double the weapon damage. It doubles yeah, the damage. that would be ridiculous. That would be insane. Yeah, but I mean, it would also be a fucking meme. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It'd be so stupid. I actually just built a great sword barbarian, and I was like, this is nest. <sighs> and now on to the two new creatures. One of which they say, "Hey, using your start, using your Pathfinder game, it's pretty easy to port. It'd also be really fucking funny to have your players freak out." <laughs> All uh, right. So first off, uh, let's start with the one that can't be using that: the computer glitch gremlin. <laughs> oh, I know about the glitch gremlin. I I was watching a let's play of not uh, a actual play of uh, against the Aeon Throne, and it showed up. Yeah. So uh, this fucking introduces thing. a new condition. Glitching. So anything that has uh, the glitching effect, which can which can include weapons and creatures. Oh, anything shit. that anything that has the tech trait. So I'm assuming androids have the tech trait. Yeah, man. Androids, uh, synthoids. Yeah, SROs. Uh, it could have. It could fucking end up like affecting like uh, cybernetic implants. Or it could even also like eventually a, affect uh, uh, with with pathfinders like. It could affect automatons. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't be able to affect them. Well, they're magically powered robots, not tech-powered robots. I could still see, like, yeah, I could still see a glitch could occur. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if when automatons get the get the rework, they get uh, they get the glitching, they get the tech trait. Yeah. Oh yeah. So how it works? If you have glitching equipment and take any action involving that equipment. You must attempt a DC 10 flat check. 
you have the glitch condition on yourself, you must make this flat check at the beginning of every round. On a critical success, reduce glitching value by one. Success, you act normal or use condition or use your equipment as normal. On a failure, you take an item penalty on all of your checks and DCs equal to your glitching value or the glitching value on the item you're attempting to use. And on a critical failure, you're stunned for one round. Alternatively, the object that you tried to use doesn't function and you lose all the actions you took to attempt to use it. One of those is significantly worse than the other. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yes, the computer glitch gremlin. It is a level minus one creature. Uh, I'm not going to go over its entire style block. I'll just kind of go over like a uh... cool stuff that it can do. Yeah. Such as sense tech. It can sense items and creatures with the tech trait within 100 feet of it. Doesn't need to see them. Silas, run. I'm not sure you can eat this one. <laughs> <laughs> He's got very long fingernails. That all end in like spark cables. Uh, yeah, so this creature is fey, so it does have weakness to cold iron and weakness to fire, but it's also resistant to just cold and electricity. Uh, it has its primary ability is the glitch aura, which creatures and um, items detect right within 20 feet of the uh, thing and, um, that, that are within 20 feet of it at the start of that thing's turn. I took a DC 16 will save and on a fail and on a, on a critical failure. They all become glitching two, on a failure glitching one, on a success, unaffected, and on a critical success, they are Im they are temporarily immune to that glitch aura for one minute. Hmm. And yeah, it's also a um, primal innate caster. Oh, which has two new spells. So, are they going to do away with the like hyper specialized spell lists? Because I appreciate that. Um, I think, I, yeah, I think it's just like going to be like primal, innate, occult, like primal, occult, arcane, divine. I, I prefer yeah, that the... so much. Yeah, it's way easier. But yeah, so it has a thunder strike and um, electric arc and figment, all of which are things that exist currently within Starfinder. And then it has two new spells, delete and recharge weapon. We don't know what those do no. yet, but we can guess. Yeah, we, we can kind of guess that recharge weapon does recharge a weapon. Wait, it, seriously? Yep, and delete, and delete is like that one stand from JoJo's Part Four. Oh, fucking the hand! Yep, <laughs> hand, the hand! <laughs> God, it's great. Is that Part Four? That's Part yeah, Four. Part yeah, four. Yep, yeah, Part Four. I uh, my my brain always lumps Part One and Two together because that's how the anime I watched did it. Oh yeah, yeah. The the modern anime has them as a season, and then everything else it's individual seasons. Which, that was the smart move. Yeah. Making part... Yeah. See, part one is... It's all set up to make the rest of it good. Yeah. Imagine part one is 24 episodes. <sighs> Imagine reading all of part... Oh, wait, I did that. <laughs> oh, wait, I already did that. Oh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> and then, the new creature... That is said to be that is said to put it into your Starfinder game. Just put it in your Pathfinder game because it could be funny. The Teshtari, also known as the fucking Laser Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> do we have an image? Uh, yes, we do. I will uh, snapshot oh, I that this. and send it to y'all. I am dropping oh this God. into my game. <laughs> the, the oh my God! Oh, I am dropping this thing into Curse Destiny. It is I a, don't care if it's under level. It is a three-legged blue wolf. 
that has just a fucking laser sack in its throat. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah, so these things are from Castravel. You know, <laughs> you know, the planet where the elves and the Lashunta come from that both exist in Star and both exist in Pathfinder second edition. So it obviously makes sense that these things could be here, too. <laughs> yeah, so there are two versions of these, uh, the normal Tashtari and the Tashtari Alpha. Uh, normal Tashtari are, cr- are creature level three, Tashtari are level nine, sorry, t- uh, Alphas are level five. It doesn't go from three to nine. That'd be dumb. And yeah, so uh, they have their jaws that do knockdown damage, that uh, do like piercing and knockdown. And they have their muzzle beam. <laughs> muzzle beam. 60 foot range, fire damage, plus persistent fire damage. Fuck. And they also have a bristle flash, which is uh, they can cause uh, its filaments, it's like fur, to glow with intense light. Non Tashtaris within a 40 foot emanation must exceed a DC 19, 21 for the uh, alpha. Fortitude save. A creature that loses its a save. A creature, a creature that make attempts to save is immune to all bristle flashes for one minute afterwards. Uh, the Tatari's fur loses its glow and it cannot use its ability until it basks in the sunlight for at least 10 minutes. And it dazzles you. On a crit success, nothing happens. Success, you're dazzled for one round. On a failure, dazzled for a minute. On a critical failure, you are blinded for one round and also dazzled for a minute. I've been looking into dazzling. That shit is potent. Yeah. Like, because it conceals you to whoever's dazzled. And concealed is a, uh, I think, a, a flat uh, DC 15. Uh, I don't Check. think I don't think it's DC 15. I think it's DC 5. Yeah, it's DC 5. That's right. Cause, uh, like, But that means, like, a quarter of the time, they just don't get to hit you. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome. Yeah, and so having a pack of these blind you for a, so a pack of these, having to do that for a minute. That's nasty. And then the alpha has another ability called the solar cry. A searing rainbow erupts from the Tatari alpha's mouth as it throws back its head and unleashes a powerful muzzle beam that soars into the sky. The beam then splits into countless rays of multicolored light that crash down in every direction, dealing 4d6 fire damage to each non-Tatari in a 20-foot emanation. Oh, I am fucking using these. DC 19 basic reflex save. I am throwing a pack of these at you guys. A creature that critically fails its save, on top of the doubling damage from the basic save, is also dazzled for a minute. Other Tashtaris in the area that, when this happens to, recharge their bristle flash. Uh, The Tashtari Alpha's then uh, heart begins to glow dimly, and it cannot use its ability until it recharges by basking in sunlight for at least one hour. It's so neat and dumb, and I love it. I want one as a pet. Like they mentioned, they mentioned kind of like in the jokes about this thing as a, uh, as like a, it's like, hey, fighting a wolf is cool. Fighting a laser wolf is cooler. I just realized something. Yes. What? Would Pathfinder armor be considered archaic to these things? Yes. They're lasers. Yeah. Yes. Everything Fuck. in Pathfinder is archaic. Fuck. Yeah, you're getting fucked up these days, dude. Yeah. No, I want one as a pet. Yeah, if you want one of these things in Pathfinder, they're just gonna fuck you up. Exactly. Jeez. Yeah. And these things are beasts. So you could technically, I think, befriend one with some certain feats. Oh yes. Ranger with oh a laser. Oh my wolf. god. Ranger with a laser. Wolf. 
Can you can you imagine playing a ranger and getting a laser wolf? Oh, that'd be oh my so god. Good. That'd be so nasty. Cause like the bad guys would be like, huh, what are you gonna do to us? And you'd be like, Poochie, sick. And then Poochie would just rain laser death on them. <laughs> shoot him, Poochie. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean shoot? Oh Jesus! Oh fuck! And these things do have these things do have proficiency in tra- they have training in stealth. <laughs> oh god, they're setting up ambushes with these things. Like an ambush with your laser wolf. Oh, this is so many levels of beautifully nasty. I want one. And that and is the, I, yeah. oh. And that is the Starfinder field test number 1. I'm liking it. Yeah, I'm kind of hyped for this shit. Like I was already hyped. This is just like, oh yeah. yeah. They, yay, they're doing a thing I like. The memes. Like, <laughs> my big. My, I'm just gonna say this right off the bat. My big thing is how are they gonna handle starship combat? That, that is, is the, the biggest, weakest point. Uh, yeah, in Starfinder for me. I adore Starfinder. I like. I don't adore. I like starship combat. If they don't make it work, it has to. Like, like, yeah. Like the system as it exists now. I don't. Like if they port it over unchanged, that's gonna be fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Because A, it's not great already, and B, I don't think it works super well with how Pathfinder Second Edition functions, like the math. No, I don't think it does either. Uh especially with all the micro bonuses like that can come up. Yeah, the like, micro bonuses and like the- We were just having this problem in our last session. Uh I think we had at one point like two two negative penalties and two positive penalties to the same check and we just had to keep re-going over the math yeah because it was just so much and like i i told dead this is a remnant of three five and he was like i hate three five yep yeah it is it is so incremental in like the way it like does the math and it ultimately doesn't matter because there is no sliding scale of success it's you're rolling at 20 that's a crit that's it. Yeah. Like incremental success works way better in a system where you have the ability to succeed more by just a plus one or a plus two. Which is where this, I think Starfinder will really benefit from the crossover with Pathfinder second edition. Yeah. Because Pathfinder second edition has really good incremental success. Yeah. And especially because they've also reduced the types of bonuses. Another thing that I hope, I hope that they're less hardcore on which classes get skills. Because in our current game, half of the crew has plus 20 to multiple skills. The other half of the crew is around plus 10. Yeah, like like I th- I think I think they're gonna be like doing away with like skill focus and like other shit like that that made because that's an, it's an extreme divide in my opinion. Yeah, it's a very extreme divide and also makes operatives way too powerful, way too powerful because operatives have basically plus twenty in everything at the level we're at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luna, one of the players in our game, she was playing a operative up until like three sessions ago or the beginning of the last starship combat we did. And then she decided, and then she was like, hey, I want to kind of change my character up to a different thing. Um, operatives broken. are too strong. Yeah. I feel broken. And like, 
I've I, I agree because <laughs> they're great. amazing in combat. They have all the skills. Like yeah. their only weakness is they aren't tanks. Yeah, yeah. like like they're squishy. Yeah, Doctor Brooks, the character, she had either equal or higher skill ratings in every skill that every other person in the crew specialized in. She was so fucking busted. And that was, I think, actually the first time I've ever had a player say, hey, can I change my character? I think they're too good. Yeah, I did that to you in the uh, superhero campaign. You did? Yes. My my first build of Highwire was basically like nothing could ever touch him. And I was like, that's not going to be fun. Okay, but you kept the same character concepts. Yeah, I kept the same character concept. I this, just this, rebuilt the character in yeah, a less broken way. Yeah, Im- imagine if instead of that, you built Highwire as that was, played it, realized it wasn't fun, then built a different superhero. Yeah, that that's basically what Luna did. Yeah, which props to her. Fucking appreciate that. Yeah. And it was, it was so ridiculous. And yeah, but like, like start like path. Sorry, Starfinder as it exists now has. It has the three types of bonuses that don't stack, but it also just has untyped bonuses that are just fucking all over the goddamn place, and those do stack. So, I feel like with getting more in line with Pathfinder 2nd Edition, they'll be removing untyped bonuses, focusing more on item status circumstance, which, that just works way better. Yeah, it does. And it would all like one of the one of the things that kept happening in the Starfinder uh in the uh Starship combat that we had was all right, we're going to get the evade bonus to our AC, we're going to get the precognition bonus to the AC, we're going to get uh, the engineering bonus to starships, we're going to get the um, mystic officer bonus to starships, and then we're going to have the computer bonus to the checks as well. And it was like it was so many like micro bonuses because there's also the plus one bonus from having good computers that applies to some things. And yeah. Uh, and yeah. so, Oh, it's a holiday. So you get a plus four. <laughs> yeah, all the GM, <laughs> all the GM likes your shoes today. That's a plus one. Oh, but he doesn't like them with that shirt. That's a minus two. Oh yeah. You know, that, that's a minus two. <laughs> Wearing white after labor day. Oh, that's a minus five. Oh, not wearing green on St. Patrick's Day. You're going to get pinched. (laughs) (laughs) That pinch applies a minus two circumstance penalty. (laughs) So I guess... Uh, And the luck of the Irish is against you, so you're also going to get a minus one penalty. Uh, What are you, British? (laughs) Oh, you just Enemies get re-rolls on their attacks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, these enemies crit on a natural 10. Oh, that's a natural 20, so they double crit. Oh, thank God that's not a thing. That is not a thing. <laughs> but it could be. But no. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody had a homebrew double crit. It's kind of just weakness. Yeah. Like 5e True. weakness. True. Okay, so. With all this, I have two main things I kind of want to ask opinions on. So with Starship Combat specifically, are you hoping they they go more abstracted or keep the same like tactical hex grid style hmm. because like with the tactical hex grid style it does a lot allow for like a lot more like tactical movement like and people like yeah. focus more on being able to do what they do but then also makes things 
slogged a bit because you're going to have to go like, all right, yeah. so we're going to like, like uh, I was about to ask how much of our package. combat last session was all right. We can move this way and this way. Yeah. If we like, do like, this. like in the, like in the last starship combat, 10 minutes of every turn was all right. Now we move on to the helm phase and then immediately caves like ruler just comes out. It's like, all right, we can move here by doing this thing, but we can also move here. And then everyone else is like just drunk all over the place. NB, who was the pilot, was just drunk dicks. <laughs> Doing a shockingly quite, good job of it very quickly. Like, quite often, we were all like participating in the strategic talks, but yeah, there was a heck of a lot of. I don't even know, man. What are we doing? Yeah. I have no idea what we're doing. But then going for the more abstracted thing, that doesn't really fly with like the Paizo design idea. No, I don't. I don't think they'd go for a more abstracted thing. I just, I like the strategic movement to a certain extent. The thing I really don't like is the turning rules because that's an extra layer of complication on top of everything. Uh-huh. Like I understand the intent behind it. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't but know, I, especially for not being able to turn straight off, like you're stuck going forward. That is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. For those who don't know, uh, Starship Combat in current Starfinder works in a hex grid. Each of the faces, the flat sides of the hex, is a direction you go. Um, your, your ship is always pointing, in, like, your ship is always moving in the direction of the nose cone. So, so whenever, whenever you move, you have to move at least one space before you can turn a face of a hex in order to move a different direction. And depending on the maneuverability of your ship that will affect how many spaces you have to move before you can turn at all. Uh, for the first half of dead sons, I misread that and just assumed you could move in any direction. And then every space you moved, you could turn one thing because you know, you're flying in 3d space. Yeah. Um, honestly, that might be why we enjoyed starship combat at the beginning. <laughs> it might be. Because that's kind of like, where that's kind of where butt to butt came from. A <laughs> little bit of extra maneuverability would go a long way. Because a lot of time in starship combat is spent. All right, well, we can't go that way because we can't turn on the spot and still move. But we need to move because we need to blah 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 blah. Yeah, and oh. then with like the officer actions, so many of them are just. All right, it's my turn. I do the thing I did the last 10 turns. Oh, I see. Okay, cool. Moving on. Yeah, I can auto succeed at most of my officer actions now, so the engine kind of boring. The engineer has the most. The, the engineer has the most like variety of things they can do because even with the single like divert action that has like four options in it. Yeah, it does. But like look at the magic officer. It's like, all right, I scry on the ship. And the rest of it oh, is like I did that. And the rest of it is like, okay, precognition, let's go. Or Mystic Haze. Dead. I want to ask you. Yes. In the last combat, what did I do every turn? <laughs> I may have had the most options, but I could really only do one thing. Oh, you overpowered a lot. Um you made the you, you did uh, the you recharged. I diverted to shields. 90% of the time. You diverted to shields a lot, but you also diverted power to weapons. You also diverted power to the engines or to make the ship go faster. Yeah, once I got the overpower action, that's what I did every turn. <laughs> yeah, but like, gunnery is the same. Piloting is the same. 
You do the one thing. And that's it. It's not great. So that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Um, I've actually been thinking a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about how to rebalance Starship combat and make it faster and less of a tedious draw on the party time. Um, And I think it's really a three-point thing. One... I think they need to either reduce the amount of turn, like make it an every other turn thing to recharge shields, or they need to reduce the amount of shields you get back. Two, I really think they need to uh, basically um, like reduce starship health by at least a f- like by at least half, if not more, because starships are fucking just like. They are every starship is the barbarian. A starship they just fought, yeah. A starship they just fought, which was uh, effectively level seven, had effectively two hundred and ten health. And you, we could get at most two attacks in a round. Sure, our weapons did marginally more damage than our weapons in. Actually, no, our starship weapons do less damage than our physical weapons. Yeah. Silas's teeth do more damage than a missile. <laughs> but because of scaling, we can't just fire Silas at the enemy ship. Or can we? <laughs> Silas just entering a fucking, uh, like, onto a missile head, just fucking, yeah. All right, just, 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 just riding out there like fucking Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna eat ya. <laughs> just, no, sir, there's um, no sound in space, but we're somehow hearing a chomping noise getting closer. <laughs> So, like, they need to reduce, like, the effectiveness of uh, shields by reducing the amount of shields you can generate. They need to reduce ship HP. And I, they need to, like, I actually think even with all of that, they need to increase weapon damage. Because even with those reductions, I still think that ship fighting... And, like, maybe just, like, have it so that weapons scale more regularly. Yeah. Like, like, because... Our weapons scaled way faster than our Starship weapons. And maybe it's just we never got really, like, we never looked too much into the upgrade in the weapons. Yeah, but yeah. from my skimming, I didn't really see any weapon upgrades that looked like they were worth anybody's time. Yeah. Um, my thing with it is, like, one thing I'd like to see them do is increase the things a player can do. Like, not, ne- like, not necessarily, like, increase the actions that, a, they, they, like a, that an officer position can do, but just, like, Give players more options that feel impactful. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like I said, it, it just turns into like high level D&D combat of just, of just all right, 83rd verse, same as the first. Let's go, baby. Oh, I failed. Oh, other thing that I fucking, I know they're going to do because of how the math works out. When calculating DCs, fucking get rid of the one and a half times the level or tier. Oh god, that was so that's such a pain in the ass. Such a pain in the ass. Like I I did ah. Like the, I played 3-5 so I can do the math in my head. That doesn't make it fun. Yeah. Just cuz you can do it doesn't mean you like doing it. Like it's just so it's tedious. So tedious. It, is, it is so tedious and adds just like that extra step of like, all right, I got to look at the sheet, look for this thing, look for that. Blah, blah. Like, ah. 
so awful. But yeah, the other question is with this change over into into two E adjacent. Do you think they'll keep the two armor classes? Ah, uh, yeah, actually, I do. I do. Mm. Yeah, because um, uh, currently in Starfinder, uh, they have a kinetic armor class and an energy armor class. A kinetic armor class blocks uh, is for bludgeoning, slashing, piercing damage, and then energy armor class is for every other kind of damage. I do think that they're going to keep the two uh, armor classes, and I think that the two armor classes actually work really well for the concept of Starfinder. Yeah. Um, because I, if you get into a sci-fi world, they're going to have armors that are better at blocking lasers than are at blocking swords. It's just going to be a thing. But then that actually brings up the question. Will they, ha- will they keep two armor classes or will they have one armor class and increase the amount of armors that have resistances? Oh. Because like, because like, because like, people are already kind of like, like within a design space that I'm like been seeing a lot. People are already kind of, hey, let's do away with armor classes. And so, in a matter, and so in a matter, for like a for like a matter of like simplifying things, which is kind of what two E does. Mm-hmm. Even if it is like way chunkier than some other systems people play, it is still way more like concentrated and streamlined. I don't see them keeping two separate armor classes if you love to track. And it's like, all right, I go to hit your thing. All right, hit thing. All right, there's a 21 hit. Oh, what kind of damage is it? This. Okay, so it doesn't. I actually, I think you might be right there. Like, I think, like, they, we might see an increase of of armors with more resistances. Yeah. And that would be fine, actually. That would be fine. Yeah. I mean, h- hilariously, last session, I've had acid resistance since like level three or something yeah and it's just never <laughs> and, come up and it's never come up and for the first time burrow my character was marginally tanky and he was just so excited yeah and it, it, it's, it's hilarious it didn't come up but considering the fact that in one encounter silas was just dunked in a pool of acid well yeah because silas went up to try and bite them or no, or this, what's Silas mind controlled in that? Silas is mind controlled no, in that one. Yeah. Yeah, all, yeah, all of, yeah, all of you were like walking in, and then Silas, the only guy on the crew at the time, with bonuses to fucking mind affecting effects, <laughs> failed the mind affecting effect save. Yeah, and then he like walked in, got grabbed by some weird shoggoth, and then shoved head first into a pool of acid. I mean, I don't think I count when it comes to oh yeah, this is this is happening with this because it's my luck. Yeah. Like, let's be real here. Cave can't I'm a fail. <laughs> I can. I have. I I rolled a one just the other session. It just happened to be on something that didn't matter what I rolled on. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck. I'm waiting for the day where like come in, come into a session. It's like, hey, I got hit by a semi today. <laughs> and in that session, it's like, all right, I roll this natural twenty, natural twenty, natural twenty, natural twenty. Because it's gonna fucking happen. Oh, I really hope not. I don't want to have to survive getting hit by a semi-truck. Your dice luck is inversely proportional to the amount of cars you've been hit by. <laughs> well, I've already been hit by seven. That's a lucky number. So if we so if you get hit by eight, the luck breaks. Don't you Oops. dare, Dad. Silas, how cl- uh, sorry, Ruben, how close are you to Louisiana? No. <laughs> 
Mm. <laughs> no, you need my luck. I could send you, you need like it. we're in the same party. I could send you like twenty bucks for gas. <laughs> <laughs> What's your PayPal? <laughs> we're in the same party. Don't. <laughs> but it would be a meme. <laughs> <laughs> it's already a meme. How many times I've been hit by cars? It is a meme on the side. How many times I've been hit by cars? It is lore that the alligators have sent the cars after him. (laughs) (sighs) Um, Good lord. So that was the Starfinder field test. They're going to be putting out more of these over the next year up until the playtest rulebook is out. Um, From what they've said in this playtest document, from what they said in this field test, I got to stop saying playtest because this isn't a playtest. What they said in this field test, uh, the playtest core rulebook will have the six classes from the core rulebook exist now, so that will be um, Envoy, Mechanic, Mystic, Technomancer, Soldier Solarian. And so, going forward, uh, when the Solarian drops, we'll be bringing in Envy. When the Mystic drops, we'll be bringing in Luna. And when the Operative drops, we will also be bringing in Luna. And for anyone else, and for every other class that shows up, we will bring in anyone who's interested. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, initial impressions. I'm very optimistic and very excited. Yeah. Paizo, Paizo seems to be pretty good at actually listening to their player base, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Like. Yeah, they also, they also, uh, like, even, even in things that are like, like, they when they make bad decisions, they aren't as astronomically bad as other companies. Yeah. They seem to have a solid grasp of what they are doing, like nailed down. And they're also not having to take a system, convert it into a different system, and then convert that system into another different system. They're just like, all right, we have this framework. What spot rules can we add? Because from what I've seen, like Pathfinder 2E and the remaster, that's kind of just as solid as it's going to get. Like, for what they are trying to do with that system, I can't significantly think of a way to improve it beyond, like, spot checks for, like, classes and stuff. And I'm going to say this for anyone who's listening. It's like, oh, you guys are just some Pathfinder fanboys. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and say Pathfinder is perfect. Every system has its flaws, and Pathfinder does have some. I just can't think of any off the top of my head to use as reference right now <laughs> uh oh that's the, the, yeah that's the, the bias which and the familiar system yeah familiars is are, familiars are rough kind of what the hell are they doing um well they are re- like, well they are remastering the witch this november yeah hopefully they get it right this time um there could be a lot of clarification of a lot of the rule stuff because on first read through at least I get confused by a lot of the magic using classes like Oracle and Psychic in that it takes me two or three read throughs and maybe even looking up a guide video to understand them. Oracles and Psychics are kind of exceptions to the rule because they're fucking weird. Yes, they are. But I mean, the same was true of the Thaumaturge. Thaumaturge, I Thaumaturge, I had a pretty easy time grasping, like not like a you know, humble brag, but. Like, it, There's like, nothing humble about bragging. But I, d- I did have to like clarify of like, okay, it triggers the weakness, but it isn't actually the weakness. So it doesn't turn off things affected by the weakness. 
And uh, another issue that I have with... <laughs> I feel like uh, I just got to prove your point by just that sentence I just said. Well, another issue that I have with Pathfinder is, like, it's very difficult to get into the higher level play if you are if you aren't if you haven't gotten there naturally. Like, I can build a level twenty character, but I, I have not actually been able to like properly test out the level twenty characters that I've built. You have so much. <laughs> it, like Pathfinder is can can be very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and like, that's, uh, that is an actual issue in my opinion of you've got so many fucking options, even at level one. Yeah. Even at level yeah. one, even for a level one character, you've got, uh, race background class. Well, sorry, not race ancestry background class heritage. And depending on your class, you might get some feats. Depending on your ancestry and heritage, you might get some feats. Oh no, you will you, you you you'll get feats from your ancestry and heritage. That's not a, that's not NIF. No, I mean at first level. Yeah, that's not NIF. There is not a single ancestry that doesn't give you a yeah. Feat at you first do level. get a, you do get a first level feat. That's right with all of them. But yeah, like there is a there is a mountain to climb over when it comes to building even a first level Pathfinder character. And that can be a bit of an issue, especially for new players. Yeah. Like I don't have a problem with it because I'm used to building highly complex overdone characters. I'm used to getting dead yelling at me, stop min maxing and just play the damn game. Yeah. <laughs> we're after the Starfinder game ends, we're moving into age of ashes and cave has texted me a few times asking me for his, asking me for, um, Effectively optimization tips, because I know the system better than he does. I'm not asking. I'm like that's actually a miscommunication. I'm not asking you for optimization tips. I'm asking for your opinion. I'm asking for yeah. your thoughts. That's all. Yeah, I'm basically yeah, hey, using hey, for this, you as a rubber duck. Yeah. Hey, for this level one starting campaign that we haven't started and we're going to be starting in like four months, what do you think of this level seven options? <gasps> the options were: Do I make my familiar a plant? Or do I make my hair a more potent weapon on a caster? <laughs> like that's not optimization. Meanwhile, Ruben's like, "Yeah, I got my guy from day. I got my guy from day one. I'm good. I got my guy Riggy." Well, everybody <laughs> else is also building like yeah, seven. Everybody else is also building so. like nine characters. <laughs> like I'm not alone in my insanity. You're not alone, but you're the most directed at me. <laughs> you're one of the only people I know who's actually like like got an understanding of the system and is willing to talk to me about it. Cause I have another friend who understands Pathfinder, but anytime I message them, I get nothing back because <laughs> they're a-holes. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Ruben, any, any uh, final impressions about the system so far? Uh, honestly, I'm just excited to see what, what, what else comes in. Yeah. It's going to be so good. So off yeah. the hype. Ah, uh, but yeah, uh, that's it for this one, though. Uh, we'll be back when the next field test comes out. Uh, hopefully soon, I, I pray. Uh, we got Curse SD still going on as normal. We got regular podcast still going on as normal. Um, our next like quick start deep dive thing will probably be like October season. We're still picking out a game for that. Uh, but until all that stuff, I'm dead. I'm Cave. I'm Ruben. And we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye, have a wonderful time. <laughs>